Welcome to A Page in History. Join us on a fascinating journey as we delve into the memories of the world-famous NBC Pages. Get ready to hear first-hand accounts of their unforgettable experiences as they navigated the hallways of Burbank, California and the iconic 30 Rockefeller Plaza. Prepare to hear fascinating stories that were never meant to reach the ears of the general public. And now, your host for A Page in History, David Harris Katz. My next guest embarked on a remarkable journey transitioning from an East Coast NBC page in the early 90s to a highly accomplished journalist and writer. During her time as a page, she encountered some truly memorable moments. She'll share the story of how she and others surprised David Spade pretending to work in television. And then she'll talk about the amusing incident when David Letterman mistook her for a garbage can. She was fortunate enough to witness legendary actors Rob Lowe and Tom Hanks as they geared up for their close-ups on Saturday Night Live. Furthermore, she had the privilege of being on a first-name basis with the esteemed Jane Pauley, adding a touch of prestige to her career. You'll hear about those stories and a lot more. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Elizabeth Trossler Laban. Thank you so much. That was such a nice introduction. I'm so happy to be here with you. It is, it is my pleasure. Thank you so much. And again, I, I love it because, um, you know, if it, it's almost like you stepped uh, through a time machine. If, if, if I saw you in the, in, in the page lounge, I'd be like, Elizabeth, go get your uniform arm. Let him in, you know, <laughs> need someone to stand by the door. <laughs> which I feel that way seeing you too. <laughs> it's so amazing. So, yeah, so welcome to A Page in History. We really appreciate yeah. it. Um, and again, it's amazing. You've done so many things, um, you know, during your pagedom and then so many things after your pagedom, but we'll start off with some of the funner, funner things. Okay. Um, it's funny. So, so Mr. David Spade, and again, uh, I don't know if you've listened, but they have a podcast, David and Dana Carvey have a yeah. podcast called fly on the wall. And yeah. after, and I love that podcast. And after listening to it, that this podcast was inspired from their podcast yeah and that was because incredible. we were we were flies on the wall to them yeah. so they're talking about things that they experienced while they were working or they were moving up and i literally because i had the the snl assignment i was standing right there <laughs> witnessing what they're talking about on their show so yeah. so it was so cool so here it is, and 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 I worked during Carvey and, and Spade. So you obviously were around when David Spade was there. So yeah. tell me, tell me about that, and then I know we'll, we'll we'll we may have to explain to the audience what what where this took place. But tell me about that. So um, as pages, and I know you've talked about this on on previous podcasts, but one of the most important things we did was to give tours of the studios. And that involved, you know, walking, you know, the groups through the building and, you know, depending on what studios were available, we could give them a glimpse of that. That was always the most exciting. And then we would usually end the tour at a place that we called mini control. And I, I, I do know that you've described this briefly, um, but it was a place where the, the people on the tour could get a sense of what some of being on TV felt like. So sitting at Johnny Carson's desk, I think it was that yep. there. I yeah, remember yeah. that 
also doing the weather um, and, you know, showing how that worked when you stood in front of a green screen. So it was it was always fun. It was goofy. It was pretty goofy, but it was also fun. Um, and the people who came on the tour, I always thought most people, you know, really wanted to catch a glimpse of a celebrity. That was the best. So by the time you got to mini control, if you hadn't, you weren't going to. I mean, unless you were lucky enough to see somebody in the hall as you walked out. Um, but so I got there and I was not alone. And I asked Ken Hummel, who I know has been a guest on your show, and he remembered hearing about this. Um, and I'm going to track down which page I was with and why I was giving it to. Usually we gave tours alone, but I was with another page and we went into mini control and there was someone sitting at sort of the, the table where you did the controls for the weather. And it was David Spade. And he was <laughs> just like, I think I actually think that he needed a, a minute away. But the craziest thing was, he was so new. Do, do you remember what year he came? I should have, I think it was 90. I think it was this year that I yeah. came upon him, that we came upon him. Um, I think he just was escaping. Maybe everything was so intense, but it took us a minute to figure out who he was. And then once we did, it was, it was this incredible moment and he was goofy. And I think he talked, he didn't, you know, give any kind of big speech but i think he said hello to the group i think he was a little bit embarrassed to be caught there right. and then he walked out and it was just this great moment of you know you're in this building there are all these incredibly smart interesting people there are all these celebrities and you literally never know when you're going to run into somebody so that was the end of the tour i don't remember that we had run into anybody on that tour and then that group got closer to somebody than than most so it was a really great moment wow and it's funny because listening to his podcast and again i highly recommend listening to his podcast with yes, yeah. both two my favorites um but um they mention what's cool is that they mention and they talk about it often you know when we were pages we were like you know, like sort of kids in a candy store or like us showing up at the Grand Canyon and looking around going, <laughs> wow, this is big. Like, like this is so crazy. True. And they talk, Dana, both of them talk about this. Like they started and da and David Spade said, you know, he was hired as a writer. So he wasn't hired as a, an on-camera person at the beginning. Oh, and he's yeah. like, he's like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm not a writer. I I'm watching all these people who are like so much better than me wow. do this. And I'm like, drowning you know like he really was very nervous wow. and not not comfortable with the whole thing so and i remember even me as a page you know it you know and even when i worked at nbc i mean there were times when you do get overwhelmed and because nbc is so big i i you know i've walked every inch of the building and there were right. many times i used to take even elevators up to certain floors that were abandoned Oh, and, wow. Yeah. I was like so overwhelmed wow. that I go up to like 22. I mean, I literally would go up to some elevator bank and yeah. walk around and it was like cleared away. And I just sit there like and just quiet, like trying to like compose myself. So David, you know, probably. And David, if you're listening, we'd love to have you yeah. on the show through through the and again, through extension. Yeah, you're, you're, absolutely. you're welcome. Maybe we'll get him and Dana on. That'd be amazing. Um, but it, but you know, to you know, he probably was overwhelmed, and you know, and again, just listening to him try to navigate, you know, and and to be honest with you, that because that switcher, we had a you know, um, for the listeners, it's yes. Grass Valley. I know was was a big a switcher brand that that and the, oh. and basically a switcher is for those listening, 
you know, in the control room, you see monitors and there's like um, a preview and an air and the director would literally be looking at all the different monitors in a space and would say to the technical director who can, who, who works the switcher, he would say ready camera two. And the guy and the technical director would press literally just press a button that says camera two, but it would be in preview. The director says, yep, that shot looks good. And then he would say, take it. And the technical director would then press camera two onto the air. Now at NBC, it was a union shop and you're not allowed even to touch, you know, you're practically not even allowed to look at the switcher, let alone touch it. So David could have gone into that control room. And honestly, there is a chance that that was the first time he ever touched a switcher because I mean, he was, a you know, he came, you know, he, uh, he was right from Midwest, whatever. And he, right. you know, he sees this, he sees it. So he's just as in like taken by it as, as the guests are yes. and, and said, let me play with this. So it is amazing. It's an amazing story. Um, I mean, I got that sense and he was in there alone and he looked, you know, a little bit embarrassed to be caught, but so kind. Um, right. And you see, you know, everything you just described makes, makes it make even more sense. Yeah, um, I don't know how he wandered there, you know, but he was probably exploring the building in the same way, you know, we all did. Right. And and again, for those listening, uh, if you ever go to the NBC tour, I'm assuming they take you to the ninth floor overlook, which is a glass window that overlooks the uh, eighth floor studio of SNL. And mini control was right around the corner from the ninth floor overlook. So he probably was either in the, yeah, in the balcony, yes, probably was Absolutely. upstairs, and he probably just want you know randomly wandered into that room, yeah. um, you know. And it's funny, again, totally random. But I don't know if you know this in in mini control because I was so nosy. There were yeah. doors in mini control. There was some doors in the back room, oh. like like to the side, and of course I had to go in them. Now right. we you know. And and so basically in mini control, if you went through these doors, which were like seven inches thick, whatever, they were really thick. There was a radio announcing booth of oh. some sort behind mini control. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So so again, on the days where I was just yeah. sort of like, yeah. you know, sort of taking it all in, I would open that door if for whatever reason it was open or I broke into it. I don't know. And <laughs> And yeah. And it was funny. Again, if anyone's listening, you know, Ken Hamill. If you're listening, which I know he is, um, Ken, what was actually if someone has the blueprints of that space that, you know, remember Arturo Toscanini did his orchestra there. So I wonder if that, you know, and again, radio, I mean, I know radio, they had all the radio announcers doing a lot of the radio stuff, I think on none. So that was probably, you know, they probably just left it there, you know, and, and, um, so oh my gosh i wish i had explored it more so, yeah it was so cool so wow uh, so amazing so again so so now let's talk about mr letterman okay so um at some so first of all if if on the the um a, 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 a page in history.tv website at some point um i will put some video up of uh, elizabeth oh. Uh, with her brush with greatness with yes. Mr. Letterman. Um, <laughs> so tell us about the assignment that you had. Tell us okay. about Letterman. Tell us what happened. 
Yeah, let's hear. What okay, happened. and you know, so so that was nineteen ninety. Um, so the only so we would we would get assignments. We would know we would be seating the different shows, and then you would know where you were going to stand. So, um, you know, it, everybody wanted the door because any literally anything could happen when you were standing there. Sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't. Um, but so if you knew you were going to have the door, or if I knew I was going to stand by the door in my page uniform, and what that meant was, as far as the job went, I you know opened the door if someone came in or left, um, anything that was needed at that place. Um, you know, other people did many other things, you know, brought the audience in, brought them up. There were so many positions. They were all exciting. Some were definitely more exciting than others. And it really didn't get better than the door. So the times that I knew I would be there, I would put my VCR tape in um, and, you know, tape it. I so I, that's how you have these videos. I just recently took them to be digitized. Um, so one time, there are a few. I have a few moments that really were so much fun. But one time, um, I was there at the door and, and, Dave was reading the top 10 list and he had it in his hand. And then he did some bit where he pretended to lift the set to look for something. He lost something and he was pretending, it was like, you know, some light thing, but he pretended it was heavy and he right. pretended to cut himself. So NBC has a nurse and they still do, which I can tell you because my daughter is currently a page and she's been to the nurse. She's fine, but she's been to the nurse. <laughs> I always love that feature. Um, so Dave called the nurse and the nurse comes and I'm at the door. So she walks in um, and as she walks in, he walks over to me to say hello to the nurse and hands me the top 10 list, which he had ripped up. Um, and I watched it again last night and I shoved it in my pocket and I actually still have my page jacket. And I went upstairs just before we started talking um, to see if I could, if it was still in my pocket, but I, oh. it wasn't, I know it's somewhere. Oh my I God. Can you imagine if that was in your pocket? I know. Yeah. I thought maybe I left it there for good luck. I could imagine doing something like that. Wow. Um, but that was an incredible moment. Um, you know, you, I was fairly sure I was, I, I knew I had to have been caught on camera. I didn't see it until I got to watch the the VCR tape back, um, but that was that was probably the best moment. You know, he's he's right there. I mean, he's standing not even a foot from you, uh, you know, or from me at that moment, or from any page who you know had one of those brushes with him during the show. Um, and there were others too, but that was that was the best one. Yeah, he, it, I, I saw the video. It practically looks like he's like whispering in your ear. I mean, he was that close. I mean, yeah, he was literally, was... <laughs> um, and it was funny. So so. Yeah, so he literally ripped the um he ripped it and he handed and he, he just handed, handed it those me. pieces. And it's so funny. It's too bad. It's too bad you don't have them. Maybe, maybe I think, think I can find them if I look hard enough. I would never have gotten rid of that. Okay. Cause it, you know, it I'll and again, yeah. We I spoke I was in, in a previous podcast, you know, it sounds crazy, but you know, some people would say that's insane to hold on to those things. But but again, for someone, you know, for the pages, if you yeah. truly want to be in the business and do, you know, these are magical moments that here it is almost right. 30 years later, they yeah. still bring a smile. They still are exciting. And David Letterman and Dave, if you're listening, you're you're invited on the show. Maybe maybe Janice, who worked for Letterman. Oh, that would be growing, amazing. Maybe she can get him on the show. That would be funny. That would be um, great. And who knows? Maybe you do it. But but again, little did he know he's just goofing off. And again, we know he was under tremendous pressure and he was always, you know, he was always stressed out. Yes. But he literally created a moment for you 
Yes. That was very special 30 years later. And again, you know, you only go through life once. And if you could fill your life with just these magical moments that bring joy. Oh, yeah. I mean, what can be better? I mean, uh, you know, it's a good I thing. Mean, and the thing is, he didn't have to, you know, he couldn't, but he engaged me. I mean, and he often did with pages, I I think. Yeah, on the show he did. Yeah, during yeah. the show, he, yeah. he loved doing that. Yes, um, and that was really, that was very kind. So anyway, I loved that moment. One of my favorite moments. That's funny. And going back to where he lifted up the set. Yes. Um, and, and it was funny because I don't even remember seeing that um, the first time around. So I'm assuming that that was uh, recorded. When yes, he, yes. Right? I have that whole recording if you want to see it. Well, no, no. Rec- or oh. when when he well when he was live on the air. No, he did it, but it was a, it was like a fake set. Oh, so they actually did it yeah. while the audience was there. Yes, it was. Oh. It happened right in front of us. Oh, okay. Because it, it for some yeah. reason, like he walked off camera and then he walked into the frame, and I was like, oh, did they record that? You know what? I don't. You know what? You maybe you're right. Are you right? And I feel I don't like. Know. Maybe I, it was so seamless that I'm not remembering that part correctly. I, well, like I said, because I was shocked because it looked, and again, I I'd have to look. You well, might be if you looked at it. You might. You're probably you have a better eye than I do. And I, I was looking better. at it, saying, "How the hell did he look?" Because, and again, for those that that watch that you know know Letterman's NBC days, he lifted up the entire platform, his chairs, the desk, yeah. and he lifted it up with one hand. And even yeah. I'm lo- and he showed the floor and I'm saying to myself, right. oh, oh, I wonder how he did that. Like, like, I can't imagine this, the, um, them, the set builders building it out of balsa wood and, and he lifted it so easily that yeah. even if it was balsa wood and it was so accurate, that would look weird. So I'm like, was it a photo? And he just, pret- I, I, I'm going to go back and look at my video, but okay. you're right. You're so right. That could have been, and it could have been a, just a quick, but to me, it seemed like a continuous moment but i'm going to go back and look okay because yeah like i said better eye than i do but it almost looked like he walked off you know he whatever i just remember that that like he walked out of the frame and then like they showed a wide shot and then when he walked into the frame the timing didn't look it didn't match 100 percent. like there was a little bit of a difference you have a good eye you know so i don't know maybe i'm wrong but anyway again if anyone's listening and again mr (laughs) homo remembers we're gonna yeah remembers how they did that yes um let us know. And it was funny, again, totally random. And I think I mentioned this one before when NBC did their um, their NBC network promo, which which, again, I'm a huge fan of jingles, uh, you know, come home to the best only on NBC, come dead to NBC. You know, so they in one of the one of the things where they had Cosby come out and he 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 starts and he has a little baton like he's a conductor. He goes tap, tap, tap. And he goes dun, dun, dun come in too yeah there's a whole yeah. lot of and then um in the video and it's so funny in the video uh towards the end the whole thing goes and it goes to black and they cut to letterman and he's holding a plug and he goes just kidding <laughs> and he plugs it in and this they go root and it starts i remember again. that you're right so the two yeah. things that were interesting one is and i i think i mentioned this before one is somehow i was I don't know what the hell I was doing, but someone handed me that plug and they were like, go bring this to Letterman. No way. Yeah. So I was like, and I didn't know what it was. And I remember looking at it. It was like, it was, it was just like two pieces of an electrical doohickey. And again, I'm like, I didn't know what what it was being used for, but somehow somebody asked me to bring it to him, which was so weird. So that was the first thing. Second thing I, this is really interesting. When I worked for Metro, 
which was Cablevision in New York. Right. I um for the year two thousand, um I did a promo which was like you know the countdown continues only you know twenty hours are left you know whatever until you know um what's going to happen like you know like like because we all thought the world was going to explode you know oh, and of uh, believe it or not Ed Koch which was the mayor of New York yeah. City. Yeah, don't know. Oh, um, he was a he was a, a a talent for the channel that I work for. So I had done stuff with him before and literally and I, I've looked and again, if anyone happens to have this recorded somewhere, but I did the whole video. And towards the end, I I again totally ripped off the, the Letterman thing. And I literally had the whole thing. What and I had Mayor Cuomo going just kidding and he plugs it back in and then it starts up again so i was you know again it was it was you know like uh it was just it was such a an honor to sort of repeat yes you know with my with my two sticks and a rock budget something that the network did and it came out really good it was really fun but again these are the types of things that i you know again with with your daughter becoming a page now and for anyone listening you know, there's so much to be said about in-person just being there, just being there, because, you know, if I wasn't standing there, they wouldn't have handed me the plug if I'm doing <laughs> working for home. And right. literally 30 years later, that whole thing, I wound up doing promotion yeah. and then I wound up working for a big network, you know, so it's it's an amazing thing. So that's yeah, a very um, cool story. So see if you could find that. Um, that uh, yeah, yeah. That, you know, yeah, I'm looking for the top 10 list, the ripped up top 10 list. It's so funny. So now let's get back to, um, you know, again, as pages, we got to work for Saturday Night Live and we got to work for Donahue and we got to work for, yes. you know, Live at Five, I guess, The Door or Letterman or or, or Bob Costas. And, yeah. you know, you never knew who you'd see, but you had um, you worked, I guess, uh, some shows with Mr. Rob Lowe and Mr. Tom Hanks. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. I, that. I mean, you know, and those were just, you know, being in the right place at the right time to see them in this, in the studio. And I don't even have as extensive stories about them, but I mean, just, you know, being in their presence when you're seating the show or standing in the studio during the, I mean, I wish I could remember. I still have the, I still have the tickets. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and, you know, there are two people I've continued to admire, you know, but I, I would have anyway, and I did before, you know, two people I just, you know, was fascinated by. Um, and so, and then, and then with Rob Lowe, we did, I did one time when, he, when they were rehearsing, we did get to go to the, you know, the window and he was, he was there when I was leading a tour. So that oh, was wow. an incredible moment. Wow. Um, but I didn't talk to them and I didn't, you know, it was just, you know, when, you know, you know, um, you know, the week leading up to the show that somebody's hosting, you know, they could be in the building at any time. I mean, you do sort of get to know the rehearsal schedule and when the, you know, the band, the band rehearses and, um, you know, who the musical guest is and you do sort of know and you maybe can hope that you'll get lucky with the tour, um, but it doesn't always happen. Um, but it did with Rob Lowe. So that was, that was incredible. I mean, that and was every, incredible. every girl's dream is to yeah. see Rob Lowe. <laughs> and also and the tour. I'm sure everybody <laughs> on that tour remembers that and remembered it forever. That's funny. And he does a podcast, I guess, literally is his podcast oh. on the Conan, the uh, Team Coco uh, thing. 
Okay. Um, so again, and he, you know, again, total, total, such a nice guy and, you know, such a great thing. So I, so I encourage everyone to check out, you know, Rob, oh, yeah. he needs my endorsement a lot. Let me tell you. <laughs> you know. No, but, but I um, just, you know, my, my, you know, just the people were kind and, you know, happy to, you know, I, you know, I mean, it just all always was so exciting when, you know, you know, you'd get to that window and there would be somebody down there, but it didn't happen that often for me. So right. that was really, a, um, or when I was leading a tour, I should say. Right. Um, so that was really a standout moment. Wow. And and I guess I said Tom Hanks, the same thing. You. you oh, yeah. Doing... So no, I didn't see him on a tour, but just oh. when he was, you know, just in the studio. I'm trying to think, I think I was in this, I'm trying to remember, do you remember where pages stood? Like what, I remember it so much more with Letterman, but for, for SNL, where did we stand? I remember seating the show. Right. Um, and then did we stand, some of us stood in the studio? Uh, it's actually a good question. It's funny. Um, uh, and again, I had the, I had that SNL assignment for the eighth floor. Yeah, you, yes. So, so I, you know, I, 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 luckily I got to sit with, with Mr. Dave Schiff. Um, yeah. God bless David and, and David, I'm still waiting for you to return. I've spoken to him nine times about being on the show, but he's okay. Well, I, I encourage him to be so, on the show. I still I, talk to him and always wish him a happy birthday and, so I love him. Come on the show. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. So, but you know, so, so I think I would assume that there was probably a pay, there was a door on the ninth floor where we let the guests in to sit in the balcony. That, yes, so I, I think remember. there was probably a page standing at that door. Yeah. And I guess there was probably, well, we know there was either one or two pages at the 8H. Uh, on the eighth floor, the two doors that are going into the studio, I think there was always at least one there. Yes. I think. And then also, this is really cool for the listeners. When you come down the floor, uh, yeah, the floor towards the eighth, uh, the, the eight, the eight H doors that you open up right to the left, um, across from the page desk, um, there's the guest dressing room and the band dressing room. Yeah. So that was really cool because again, is just, there's, there's like two things in there. There's two bathrooms with a shower wow. and, and, you know, uh, every, every, I mean, think about those two rooms. Like if, if, if they were ever to dismantle as, you know, uh, 30 rock, I mean, every celebrity on earth has been in those two rooms they should be dismantled, like, like, like put in their entirety, like the Smithsonian or something. Yes. Really, oh my gosh. So in, just... yeah, I mean, that's incredible. Well, so in my mind, I just remember being in the studio and having, and being, being so aware that I was so close to Tom Hanks and it must've been during either the dress rehearsal or, or, or the yeah. live show. Right. Yeah. It's so it, again, I always remember that. It's funny. Cause again, I don't, it, I don't, and I don't really remember, but yeah, there must've been stays. I do remember the stays, you know, uh, and again, for listeners, you know, if you were assigned to a door or a spot, yes. that was your stay. They called it a stay. I don't know if they, they do that anymore. And yeah, you had to stay. Opinion. Yeah. From like 12 to 1230 or 11 to 1130. <clears throat> and then you'd switch with someone else to just stand there. Yeah. And again, I, it's so funny because I mean, some people may say, what the hell do I want to stand just like oh. a jerk. But I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, yeah. like, to be standing. And I remember like with SNL and it's, so, I mean, with uh, Letterman, I never got the door, which I never got you the door, never, did? never got the door. I remember my stay was on the left side of the studio at the top of the stairs. 
that was as close as I think I ever came to being down, you know, downstairs. So, That's so the, interesting. I yeah. just assumed everybody got it at some point. Yeah, no, um, I never got that, which, you know, which, which was, I, you know, like I said, I was just so honored or so grateful yeah, just to be to in the be studio. There. And again, for those listening, the SN, the Letterman studio is on six, but the staircase goes up to seven. And yeah. the seventh floor was where the security was. So all the guests would come out of the seventh floor and walk, you know, there were doors on the seventh floor. They'd walk in, they'd get seated in a pretty, pretty steep staircase, you know, pretty small down to the sixth floor. Um, so I, I would always load the audience from the seventh floor and just sort of stand there and have a stay. Yeah. And it was the great, I loved, like I said, it was, it was ice cold in the studio. Yes, the studio. So when you're wearing your polyester. Yeah. It, perfect. It, it kept you cool. You know, um, um the other thing I remember about SNL just before we get off is the topic is, you know, the, the um, schedule would come out and we would always wait to see if we were working and we all wanted to work. I mean, and if, and you know, I don't think that we could all work every show no, no. and oh my gosh, that was the greatest disappointment when, you know, if you, if I wasn't working one of the shows, um, we, you know, we, I always wanted to, because then it, you know, it was just, it was just an incredible opportunity and the camaraderie among the pages and just being there and then going to the parties, which we got to do. Um, so it was always just, you know, we always waited. I always waited for that schedule. Um, and I think you have a picture of one of the schedules up with people's I'm, names on it I and might, the yeah. photo gallery. So yeah. that's what it was, you know, our names would be, we'd look and see if we if we were scheduled and everybody wanted it. I, I can't think of anybody who hoped they were not on right. that schedule. Right, and I remember the schedule, it's so funny because again, it's, it's like it was yesterday. I remember yeah. <laughs> they were little boxes. They were like little, um, you know, they had, you know, Monday through Friday and there were little yeah. boxes and I get, you know, they were like abbreviations for Letterman. It said, I forget if it was Letterman or date, you know, whatever it was. But it's true. You'd go, oh, on Monday, you know, Monday, you're in the ticket office. Tuesday, you're in main hall. Yeah. You know, Thursday, you're, oh my God, you're, oh, like, yeah. you're like, oh, my God, Letterman, you know, yeah. and then like third, you know, then like, you know, Donahue and then, you know, SNL and then you see SNL. So it really was like it was like every it was like it sounds crazy. People think I'm probably insane, but it was like Christmas. Yeah. You know, getting the schedule like most Every people week. when they get the schedule, like, you know, like, oh, this sucks. But you literally were able to see where you were going to be yeah. and what you're going to do. And it was something that was so exciting. It was so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it, was crazy. it just didn't get better than that. It was just so exciting. Wow. It really is. It's just so funny. And again, Kathy D'Elia, right, did the schedule. Yes. Um, and well, well, and Kathy, of course, um, I'll reach out to you. Um, to be on, I we 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 you know we'll, we're having everyone on any and and Mary Frisbee and and Chris oh, Sullivan yeah. and everything. Oh my but, god! Yeah, but but Kathy did the schedule, and she was always so great, you know. And it's funny because again, she doesn't realize that she. she I mean, such you know, she may think it, it's it, it's like I'm doing scheduling, you know, I'm scheduling stuff. But literally, based on her schedule, <laughs> we literally changed the lives yes. of people. Yes, it, you know, and she. And I know. wonder how she, how she did, how she chose. So when she's on, ask her right. how she. There must have been some method. Right. Yeah. Um, no. Exactly. Because you know, and again, if she wasn't fit, you know, I don't, I don't recall anyone complaining, and not that I would, not that I would know, but 
but it seemed pretty fair to me. I mean, and again, like I said, yeah, I, never I agree. I agree. Things. I agree. You know, uh, yeah. I never went to Cosby. Do you ever go to Cosby? Oh, um, no, I never, I don't think I ever did. Yeah. So I never went oh, to Cosby. Oh, did you? Yeah, I didn't no. either. Do you mean no. to work as a page? Yeah, no, work, I never yeah. did. And again, for those listening, Cosby was done at the, was it, a, was it Kaufman Astoria Studios? I, yes. I, yes. Was, yeah. So, so that, I see that so, so assuredly I, I am 95% sure. Yes. Right. But I, yes, that sounds completely right. Yeah. And, and again, for those listening, um, you know, any sitcom needs a very large, you know, they need the kitchen, they need the bedroom, they need the, the entryway. So at 30 rock, I mean, it was, it's, it's, it's like a vertical tower. There's, there's no space at all. So anything that had to really be done like that was set up at Kaufman. And I mean, there's a couple other places, but I think Kaufman, the story studios. So yeah, I never, it would have been cool to just go out and experience it and yeah. see that, but I never did. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, no, I don't, I didn't either. Yeah. That's funny. So, yeah. Um, so I guess when you, so I guess when you, um, uh, well, also you had worked for the nightly news. Is yeah. That so that was correct? my assignment. So, oh, okay. you tell us um, so, you know, it's so different now the way the page program works, but when we were pages, um, and I and I remembered a lot of this from from listening to your podcast with Janice Panino. Um, but I think we we came and we were there for three months before we could get an assignment, before we could even apply for an assignment. And that's when we, you know, exclusively gave tours and and sat the shows and did all of that. Um, and then we could apply for assignments. And it was. Um, I mean, it was a diff it was a different process. Um, they still the current pages still do apply, but it seemed slightly different. So my assignment was nightly news, and um, I mean, I loved it. I worked with Tom Brokaw. I worked with other pages. It was right. I mean, I was there when the Gulf War began, and it was, um, you know, we were working late, um, you know, because they were, you know, on the air late, and you know, we would they'd bring dinner in, and it was the same thing, like they didn't always need me, but I always wanted to be there. So right. I was always hoping I could stay. I was always offering to do things. And I mean, I did things like, you know, scripts constantly change. And, you know, so I was, you know, bringing scripts to people or just doing anything that needed to be done. Um, and it was just, it was just exciting. I, I mean, I did end up eventually going on to journalism school and I worked at newspapers um, for a while. And that was my first real tape. I mean, I always listened to the news and, you know, cared about it. And I had had an internship on the Today Show before I was a page. Um, but that was my first like being, you know, in a, in a newsroom when there was some something going on that was incredible and just um, not wanting to miss a second of it and knowing that the news was changing every second. Um, and then, you know, they were on the air and, you know, getting the news to to everybody who was watching. So that was one of the most exciting things to to be part of that. And and in a way it changed my life because it it got me excited about, about wanting to be part of the news. I, I hadn't realized when I went, when I became a page that that was, you know, one of the things I really wanted to pursue, but having that assignment showed me that it was. Wow. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about um, how you switched over or how you got into journalism. So I want to, and again, I think that's going to be helpful for folks to, to understand. Um, but I just want to touch on uh, the Brokaw studio 
and it was funny. I believe that was on three. Yes. Was on, right. It was, was it three K? I don't know. I forget. Was it? You remember, you're, you remember better than I do, oh. but it was three. I'm sure it was three. I mean, the Today Show was on three and still is, right? I, I, I don't know. No, because they're outside. Yeah, you know, but, but I mean the, the, the yeah. office. The office. Oh, I don't even oh, know. Oh, you're talking about the studio. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. but I, but that, that studio for Brocon again yes. was a very, I remember it's so funny because when you see it on TV, you know, um, a lot of sets, a lot of sets are like a third of what they are in person. Like they're very small and they look ginormous on TV, yes. but Brokaw's set really was built like this, like a, like an office, like a real office with people. So yes. you walked into that set and it was it was dark and it was blue and black and yeah. they had real people working in there and when you walked into that you literally felt like you walked into the television set yeah. because it was that it was such a good description right because most yeah. sets were just you know like a wall and stuff you know but with Broca's set it was a real working space and i remember anytime i had to go in there it really was pretty cool. I mean, it was like you you literally felt like it was almost like on Willy Wonka when the kid got shrunk and he's on TV. Oh You're literally standing there and you you see where Broca's desk is and maybe he was at the desk and you had to go ask him a question or or all the folks working behind him and the glass. Right. Was it? In, yes. It was like the coolest. It was incredible. It was, it was so cool. Yeah. It was so cool. It was so cool. And, it, and it's funny because, again, um, you went to go work in news. I, as a promo producer, worked for WNBC and I did all the, the news topicals. Now it's ironic because the new, it, it, as you mentioned, it was very interesting. The thing that really was a little bit stressful was it could be five, you could have been there, let's say, you know, you're working nine to five, let's say. And at 5.01, some major news story happens. And literally you're like, and you need to stay here. Yeah. And literally the place breaks yeah. out and I could have worked on a, and I was doing the promo to promote the, the, you know, the five, six and 11 newscast. So if a news changed <laughs> between those hours, yes. it was there, it was Thank like your whole night was ruined because you're yeah. like, you literally have to do everything over. Right. So it was very stress. I mean, it was very stressful. And, and again, credit to all of the, the 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 broadcasters and and writers and and on air talent that oh, yeah. have to do this at a you know when something breaks live on the air it is not easy it is yeah. it is unbelievable yeah. so so yeah so to so to be in the middle of that when breaking news happens it was incredible it's it's unbelievable because they they totally just take whatever was on the table throw it out yeah and they're writing new scripts and they're you know get the get the video get this get that yeah yeah things are happening and they're they're learning about it you know as right. as it's happening when sometimes i mean often so it was just it was just incredible i mean i totally got the news bug being there right yeah, so so let's switch to that so so you did you wound well there's a couple of things that i'm not sure about the order we have John Chancellor and we have okay. Mrs. Ms. Ms. Jane Pauley. Okay. And then we have a lot of your, you're a, you're a, you've written um, novels, you've written a book, you ghostwrite, you've written for some um, newspapers. Um, okay. 
Tell me about the order. I don't know which. Okay. No, that's so nice. First, but, okay. So, yeah. so we could be a page. So, well, so I, I did have some connections to the Today Show coming in as a page because I was lucky enough to be an intern there the summer between my junior and senior year of college. So that was incredible. Um, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And that's when I figured out more than anything in the world, I want to be a, an NBC page. Mm. Um, so, so we could be pages for 18 months and, but you could leave at any time if you got a job. I mean, we were, you know, on these assignments, we were meeting people and, and the goal was to get a job within the building, if you could, or at NBC somewhere. Um, so when, I, after I was a page for nine months, Jane Pauley began a show, um, this was pre-Dateline NBC, that was called Real Life with Jane Pauley. I don't know if you remember that show. I do. But the concept yeah. was basically um, real people. And everybody has, you know, an incredible story and, you know, just, you know, you're just real people telling their stories. In the end, it, it didn't, I don't even know how long it was on the air. I should have looked that up before I came on this podcast, but then that morphed into Dateline. Um, oh, really? So that's, yeah, so that was, that was just pre Dateline. So, okay. um, but so I had been a page for nine months. So half my time when this show came to be real life with Jane Polly, and they were looking for somebody um, to work the front desk and to also help, help Jane's assistant. So I went for the job. I mean, it, it made all the sense in the world because um, I liked her. I wanted a job. I loved, you know, I had loved my time when I was at the Today Show. And, and I want, I thought at that time I wanted to just stay in television, stay at NBC. I mean, my, my, if I have any big regret and it is a huge regret I've thought of so many times, but then you think, where would I be now? But it said, I cut my time as a page short. If I could do it, if I could do it over, I think I would be a page till that last day of 18 months because I mean, there's nothing like being a page. So, um, so I left and I was very, and actually, you know, I just want to comment on what you just said about being, a, and again, you know, the funny, you know, again, for those listening, it's, you know, you have 18 months to find a job yeah. at that 18 month deadline. They literally say, thank you for being with us. Here's your parting gift. You know, have right. <laughs> so what do you do? Right? right. So the issue is, you know, it's really, even though yet, you know, hindsight, they say is 2020. So on one hand, it, right. You, you want to stay to that last day, yeah. but on the other hand, it's literally like going to Vegas because you don't, you know, you don't know. It's like, well, if I stay to the last day, that job will definitely be taken. Oh, and, yeah. and here it was open. And again, building your relationship, you were, you were an intern and then you, you know, um, you know, you knew them and, and then, you know, got to work. So yeah. you, you had all these connections and sometimes in life, you know, there is, well, there's many paths, but that was a path that was created for you yes. and you took it and you never know. And actually, like you said, you know, which, which will be the second half of your story is that it did, if all of that didn't happen, maybe you wouldn't have gone into what your next part of the story yeah, is. Yeah, I would never probably know, so. be doing something entirely different. Um yeah. So, and I probably wouldn't have met my husband because everything that that I did from then on led me to, you know, graduate school, which is where I met him. Um, and also, I want to say I felt incredibly lucky to be offered this job. Right. I mean, I felt so lucky. It was just that once I 
I mean, once I left, I, I, I missed being a page so, so much. So, you know, the pages were still in the building. Um, and I do have a story about, about going to Letterman with Jane, um, and as a non-page, and that was one of the videos I sent oh, yeah, you. You could talk about um, that because in your oh, video, there's a shot of you, uh, in the hallway with yeah. her. Uh, yeah. so tell, yeah, tell us about that. So it was great. I mean, you know what? It was, I mean, I learned so much. Um, and so there was a moment when, when Dave Letterman had her on, you know, they're both from Indiana. They always had a connection. I don't even remember how it came to be. She was not an official guest, but for some reason he said, stop by, just stop by at the beginning of the show. Um, and I can't even remember if it was last minute. I, I think it was fairly last minute. And so, um, so we went and, and she literally just went to the door and walked in and said hello and he, and walked out. And he said, you know, now we have a show. Jane Polly was on our show um, and I was with her and he has this. And then we you know, went to the elevator and he said, like, oh, look at her staff. They're all running toward her. Um, <laughs> and it was a really nice moment. And, you know, I was very proud to be there with her. But all I wanted was to be the page at the door. Um, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to be the page again. Wow. Um, so, you know, it was just this really funny thing. Um, and. And so I, I loved I loved being at Dateline, um, and I I did a lot of things for Jane's assistant, and then also for Jane. So you know a lot of things that she needed, um, you know, making sure she had the lunch that she wanted, and you know that that she had, you know, I mean, you, when you're an assistant to somebody or or working partly in that capacity, that could mean anything. Going running to her apartment to get the right belt that she left at home. Um, you know, making sure that she has the Diet Coke that she wants, you know, stocked in her mini fridge in her office. I mean, it's it's sort of fun, right? I mean, there's so many details. You have to do it all. Um, my takeaway eventually was that, that it was going to be really hard to move out of that spot. Um, and that's why I started getting a little bit antsy. So I did do some research and I worked with a few of the producers, but it was not, it didn't, it was not going to be easy for me to move into, you know, an assistant producer job. It just became very clear. And, um, you know, I was thinking a lot about the news and that's when I went to talk to John Chancellor. Um, and I will say that uh, my mother worked at NBC and at specifically at the Today Show in the 50s. So that was sort of my entrance to all of this. I mean, she, you know, first of all, I grew up hearing about NBC. We only watched NBC. I still <laughs> only watch NBC. Isn't that funny? Like, it's like, no, this is an NBC family. Yeah. Get your hands off the road. Yeah, I mean, and I still do that. I still watch right. the Today Show. If I'm up, you know, when the Today Show's on, I turn it on. Um, and I always will. Um, but she knew him and she, you know, he agreed to talk to me. Um, and he was very kind. And um, I told him, it's funny, I remember it a different way, but I found something I wrote about it. And what I wrote was that I went to him saying I'd like to to move into newspapers. Now you said him. I don't think you oh, mentioned John, this him. is John Chancellor. Yeah, right. I'm so so for the, sorry. That's no, okay yeah. for the listeners. Yeah. Yes. Um, so John Chancellor uh, is who you're referring to. So yes, uh, yes. I'm so sorry. I wasn't. No, more no, no. Clear. So he agreed to speak with me. Um, he had remembered my mother. They had worked together years before. And so he agreed to speak with me. And, and the way I remembered it, he told me, he suggested going into print. But when I went back and read something that I wrote, I went to him saying, I'd like to move to print. And again, that wouldn't happen now. I mean, newspapers are shrinking. And while they're still there, 
Um, and my husband works at a newspaper and it's wonderful and great. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I would suggest, I mean, sure, some young people go into it, but it's harder now and there are fewer opportunities, but then there were many. So John Chancellor said, you should go to graduate school and, you know, hone your writing skills and he offered to write me a recommendation and I know that's what got me in. Jane Pauley also did. That was really very great. And um, so then I went to Columbia Journalism School and that changed everything. Wow. Um, and I focused on print there and I met my husband and that's when I really got into working for newspapers and then writing fiction. Wow. So you had mentioned, um, I guess, to get into where does Al Roker fit in with all? Oh that? yeah, oh yeah. So, so let me, me tell yeah. you about. So oh my gosh, he was so kind. And this is when I think you know just being in the building, but also being you know being a former page because I had just stopped being a page. Um, so in order, so I knew I was going to apply to Columbia Journalism School, but you needed clips. You needed to show some samples of your writing. And I don't think everybody had had it or had a professional clip, but I tried to work. I worked for this um, weekly giveaway. I don't know if you remember. I don't think it exists anymore. The Upper East Side resident and the Upper West Side resident, they were weekly giveaways. Anyway, I... I thought, you know, if I can do a profile of Al Roker, they'll they'll want me to. So I asked him and he said, I, I think he was in a recording booth, like recording a voiceover. He said, come up. I have, you know, I have a few minutes hmm. and I tried to find the profile. I know I have it somewhere. I think it was extremely basic how he got into, you know, the weather it was very basic, but it was so incredibly great. He was so generous, hmm. um, you know, and I. I don't know if I went through his assistant or if I went directly to him, but I said, I'm a former page. I'm working, you know, now for Jane Pauley. I'm applying to journalism school. And he said, come talk to me. And I did it. And he didn't, he was so kind. And I, I think that was like one, another one of the things that pushed me in this direction of something I wanted so much. So, I mean, every time I see him, which is a million times on air, I <laughs> think, you know, thank you. It's funny. <laughs> And and um, I'll I'll uh, a little offshoot of that. So do you remember Nancy Biskupic? Do you remember oh Nancy? yes, yeah. So I'm going to say Nancy, if you're listening, for the <laughs> love of God. Um, so Nancy, you know, again, and I told the story before, but but I helped her get the job for the talent, and then uh, when Roker opened up his studio, uh, she Roker hired her to go work for his studio. And Roker used to call me. It was funny. Roker and Al, if you're listening, but uh, he called me cabin oh. or cabin boy. And the the short story is that is, is that some I don't know. This is such a weird story. But I went to I went to the Bahamas with Nancy and Nancy was dating. I guess I could say it, Dan, Dan, who's who still works at WNBC. So Dan, oh. actually, Dan, you'll have to be on the show. Great guy. <laughs> And we were in the Bahamas, but Dan was showing up like a day later because he was he was still working at WNBC. I guess he couldn't get off or whatever. So I right. flew to the Bahamas with Nancy. And then when 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 um, Dan showed up, you know, like I'm like the third wheel. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, you know, I was like pretending I was their cabin boy. <laughs> so oh. so they were like, cabin boy, could you get us some drinks? Could you carry our luggage? So I'm like doing this for them. And I guess because she was working for Roker at the time. Um, literally like when I, when we would talk to Roke or whatever, he would literally, he actually was like, 
cabin. So, and he would just like literally call me cabin. <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> so it's so weird. But again, to his credit, and it's been a long time, but you know, always so nice. Um, you know, he really, you know, he's a he really nice guy. You know, I've been out with him on the street and people mob him, you know, and he's always gracious. And so it's such a cool, and again, just for those listening, you know, it's so, I mean, a lot of what you said was interacting with people and, and talking to people and getting their opinion. And, and I read things, you know, online about, you know, um, being in a work environment where you could say to someone, Hey, let's go for a cup of coffee or, Hey, you know, whatever those quick moments are the ones where you make these connections. And right. again, if, if Roker was in a studio and you were working from home, right. that would never happen. It just no. would not happen. No, but the fact that he true. was like, Hey, what are you doing? Come with me. Yeah. Boom. Let's do it. And yeah. I know the world is changing. I know, you know, that there is a new norm, but I don't, I don't believe that that would necessarily happen had you not physically been there. Oh no, I agree. I right? agree. And it was great. And I mean, it would have been so easy for him to say, I don't, I don't have time, right. you know, but he didn't, he just, and it was, you know, and then they, this Upper East Side resident did, you know, it was like the front cover of their, I mean, they were so happy to have a profile of Al Roker. It was really wow. funny and great. Um, but no, I agree. I mean, currently the pages are in, I know they're in the office three days a week. Um, and then they're working from home Monday and Friday. So they are in the building. Oh, so actually, um, if you get to, yeah, tell, tell us about that. I don't, I mean, oh, yeah. and again, tell us whatever you can tell us. I don't want to, you yeah. know. But. So my daughter is currently a page, which is, you know, this incredible thing. And it's this lifelong dream that she's had. Um, and so she began in January. She's on her second assignment. But it's very different from when we were pages. So I know you've talked about this before, but we had a lounge where, we would all be when we weren't doing one of the things we were doing. Um, so we hung out a lot. Um, they don't have a page lounge like that. They have a page office, which I have not seen yet, but it doesn't sound to me like it's the same. Um, no. And everybody is sort of, everybody has an assignment. It's not like you ever don't have an assignment. Um, so, so you're, you know, now she's in an office, which is fine, but not with other pages during the day, but she'll meet them for lunch. And um, so they have not brought back the tour yet since the pandemic. Oh, really? So they, haven't given, so they are working on it and they will. Um, but they've pushed that back a few times. So she hasn't, she's, she's studying for it because you have to know so many facts in the history, but she hasn't actually given a tour yet. And then she did get to seat a few of the shows, but now, of course, because of the writer's strike, they're not, that, that's not happening right now. So it is quiet. Um, you know, the last, was it the last two or three SNLs were, did not right. happen because of the strike. Right. And then um, they must've just ended the season ended for SNL in May. So that was, the, yeah, there were going to be, I think, yeah, two or three more. So, um, so it's, but she's, she's in the building. Um, and and do you remember David Shire? She, he, of course, uh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. So yeah. she met with him. He was so nice. She met with him yesterday, and he, you know, he's a senior producer at Sunday Today. Am I saying the right thing? God, oh, I hope okay. I'm saying the wrong thing. No, it's and, okay. um, and he was so nice, you know. And and he, you know, told you know. So it's about networking, right? right? So you know, he he was so nice to her, and they met for coffee. And you know, she's meeting people and learning what's going on around the. It's, I mean, it's just incredible, right, to be at wow. 30 Rock, but it's not quite, it's a little, it's a little more quiet for a variety of reasons. Right. 
So does she, because I remember, well, it's first of all, it's interesting because you're the first person where I'm hearing because I, I keep on referring and I'm like, I have no idea what what's going yeah. on. So I guess the first thing, so that's interesting. So when they're home, uh, are they just studying for stuff or are they working? No, I mean, you have, everybody has work to do. So um, she did some promo, actually, she did some promo work for her last assignment. Um, oh. So it was a lot of entering information. I, I feel like I should have asked her better, but she did a lot of entering information, you know, into the computer or whatever. So she could do that from home or from the office. Um, now she's working for sci-fi and, oh. um, and she's doing um, a lot of really interesting things like updating calendars. And there's a lot of research that goes into it. And there will be some writing opportunities, I think, because they, you know, they do a lot of sort of lists of things and, you know, upcoming shows and movies. And so so she can do that from home if, wow. if she's home on a Monday or a Friday. Right. And it's interesting because, again, you know, it's so funny because if again, some people may I, I guess you don't realize the experience that you're getting until it could be 20 years later. We're like, I know how to do this because I did it 30 years ago or whatever. Yeah. So it's right. one of those things where as insignificant as it may seem at the time, yeah. you're, you're, you know, the, the, whatever that she's being asked to do. And again, even if it was going home to get Jane Pauley's belt, yeah, it's one of right. those things where, where like you could be in a situation where someone says, I need you to go home and get it, get someone's belt. But because you've done it before, you're like, oh yeah, that's totally normal. <laughs> As opposed right. to, right. no way, weird. I'm not going to their, they, they got a belt. What are you, this ridiculous, you know? Um, so that is interesting. And it's funny. I, I wonder if your daughter is logging tape, like time code for sound bites for promos or something. I don't know. Uh, I'll have to ask her. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry that I don't know the answer. No, no, that's a, that's that would have been for the last assignment, maybe. Wow, and um, and how does the assignment? So, um, like, so when they came in, they they just post. Well, I guess because there's no tour, so they just post these assignments. Yes. What other assignments are there? Do you know? Yeah. So the other thing that's interesting, and I'll, yeah, and I'll tell. So um, there are tw so there are three cohorts. They're calling them cohorts that begin three different times during the year, and there are 28 pages in each cohort. So she's sort of with this group. It's very different again from, you know, we would start with like three or four people right, right. and then we'd all sort of be equal. But so, I mean, they're equal, but they are definitely, they know who's who started before and who started after. Um, and there are, so there are enough assignments for every single page. Um, and there are some great ones. I mean, there's still the SNL desk. There's still the, you know, Jimmy Fallon, Seth Meyers, um, but then there are some others that I don't think were around when we were there, like corporate events. Um, there's a there's like a news crew one that's new where you really? literally had to get like news equipment to people in the field. She oh. she went for that one and she went for a number of them. Um, you know, you're sort of say what you know, what you want. Maybe you pick the top 20. Um, there are a lot of on the Today Show that, you know, the green room one. Um, for those who don't, you know, I mean, a green room is where the guests often wait to be on the show. So that's an exciting one. Um, I think greeting the guests. So there are some that, that did exist when we were there. Um, I feel like when we were there, I, I might be remembering it wrong, but I feel like everyone was so exciting. 
And now there are sort of more corporate office jobs, which I think may be very exciting for other people. I don't mean to downplay it, but for us, I feel like it was like news and, you know, entertainment and all the time. It was, right. I think there were fewer assignments hmm. when we were there. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because Janice talked about <clears throat> some, of, some of the stuff because um, yeah. I guess she took over and then they changed it and, and you know, yeah. but it is interesting because um the uh you know i mean back then it was you know it was like a fraternity house yes, <laughs> basically it was so much and, so. you know and it was owned you know it was owned by ge uh i guess right when we were there yes and then now it's nbc universal and right. comcast so you got the whole mix there right so it sounds you know it almost seems like they just they 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 got a haircut put on a suit and tie you know, yeah. um, you know, put the beer cans away right. and said, okay, we're going to come up with a program where if you come in, we're going to really focus on training you to do something, yes. you know, um, it's very structured. Much um, more so. Yeah. Where, 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 where at least they've done their part to make it, you know, um, to, to try to make people successful. Yeah. Um, but again, for folks like you or anyone prior to that, you know, there, there was a lot of work, you know, networking and, and doing a good job. And, you know, hopefully the folks that are there today sort of don't take for granted that, you know, they're kind of being spoon fed, you know, everything, you know, right. like do this, do this, do this, do this. Right. And, and then assume like, I'm going to get a job out of this. You know, uh, yes. I, I wonder if, if, if it still is like, you know, you, you still have to prove yourself. Oh yes. Get these oh, yes. jobs and, and they're not handing them out like Pez. <laughs> you no, know? I don't think so at all. And I think she can see, you know, the people who are at the end of their time as a page, um, working really hard to find jobs. And I don't know that it's so, so easy. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. And again, it's weird because as you mentioned, even with your writing and also we'll just mention like, um, you know, I said, Del you know, the, the Delaware County Daily Times, uh, the yeah. Delgado, Delgado Community College. Did you work? Oh, I was, I was taught that? journalism when oh, I was there. Journalism. That's in New I mean, Orleans. So ama I mean, it really is so amazing that you oh. did, you know, and you, and you, how many, and that's, you did a couple of novels. Yeah. So I have a number of novels. Um, I have four women's fiction novels and one young adult novel out there. Um, my, my young adult novel is a tragedy paper. Um, my women's fiction, the restaurant critic's wife and not perfect beside herself and pretty little world. I'm working wow. on another now. Oh my God. And how long does it take you to, you know, from the time you come up with an idea to like, writing the the draft and getting it approved and you know the whole thing i mean what what is I mean, that it takes like? a long time um i always think it takes a, a year to get a solid draft but then it oh, can wow. be years by the time i you know if my agent wants to change something i'm completely revamping an earlier draft of a novel now so um i'm hoping to have a, a good draft within the next month but by the time i get to that draft I'll, I'll have been working on this novel for three years. But yeah. having said that, it's a little longer because of the pandemic. I feel like things have right. been a little bit different. Um, that's maybe a little longer than usual, but I, I think it's going to be worth it in the end, I'm hoping. Wow. Yeah, and again, and it's just, and I, I always like just mentioning this because again, people that are listening, if they're, if they're just getting started, 
they have to realize that it's like it it really takes a long time and a lot of work to to do this stuff and it's i get a joke because even my own shows that i that i produced i produced one you know 12 years ago but literally to this day uh i still because we still sell it and i updated it and blah blah but it's like i'm still working on stuff even to this day making changes and sending new files and doing this and it's like it never ends so people probably think well what's so difficult about doing it it's like they have no idea yeah it's like a billion hours yeah and and it just like i said you know and especially if you do a draft or something um you know uh, like somebody has to read it to check for mistakes or check for oh, anything. Yeah. It's like, right. you can't just flip to page 42 and be like, it's great. It's like, you got to read the entire thing through to make right. sure that everything. So everything every time you make made. a change, oh you got to sort of yes. check it again. Yes. And that takes time and mental, yeah. oh you know, mental anguish yeah. to yeah. do. <laughs> um, so it is really amazing. I mean, it, it's so cool. Um, okay. I guess we'll just, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of last things. Um, okay, thanks. The, I guess just as far as, you know, making friends, I mean, you, 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 you know, you mentioned a bunch of folks. I mean, um, were there any, any lifelong friends that you made? Um, as that, a page? Yeah, as a page that you're still in. Oh, touch I mean, with. yeah. So I'm still in touch with a surprising number of people. And we, you know, I mean, we do have this private Facebook page, so that's helped so much, but oh, yeah. I mean, Kathleen Shire, Sweeney when we were pages yeah. and David, they got married. So she was my roommate. We shared an apartment. Oh. Um, and that was like my first New York city apartment. So she, you should have her on the show. Kat Sweeney. I met with Kat Sweeney. She has a lot of good stories. I think, I hope she's not mad that I said that, but she has great stories. <laughs> um, so she and I have been in touch all this time. And then, um, you know, I talked to Dave Schiff on occasion, Ken, Ken Hummel and I talk often. Oh, that's um, so cool. we're in touch. Um, that could be most of the people, but I'm always so, and I talked to Cynthia Paul and I mean, we, you know, oh, yeah. communicate, um, you know, just, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting someone really important, but um, I just, I love talking to the people that I, I was a page with and seeing them and, you know, on, on Facebook or wherever, seeing what they're doing. Um, it's just incredible. I know, oh, um, I'm for, I know I'm forgetting people, but Vicki Stewart, we've been in touch. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember her? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like, again, you mentioned these people, like I, it, it's, <laughs> it's literally like yesterday. And again, yeah. with the, if you're, um, if you're listening, there's a, uh, I guess it's the NBC page lounge. What is it? 89, 90. Group? Yeah. But I don't, I don't think anyone can, I think you have no, to, you have to, you, you have, have to, to try to, yeah, yeah, you have to accept it. So, cool. Yeah. If you if you were in that group, yeah. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, you Come could on. do it. I think join. You know the admins. If you if you know if if you fit in yeah. there, they'll they'll add you. But it yeah. is cool because I see yeah I see Cynthia Paul posts stuff. What and, about you? Um, Who do you keep in touch with? I mean, and I, um, I left important yeah. people out. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I guess sort of through the the nbc page uh facebook thing yeah. uh you know you you still sort of keep in touch or well I, I feel like i talk to them i mean i don't really hang out with anyone per se but um but it is amazing because like i said ken hummel like these people just it's as if it was yesterday 
Yeah. And and then seeing Cynthia Paul or Pamela Yeager. Oh yes, she, yeah. She just mentioned something on the on the group. Yeah, I so see all her. These people men- yeah, they mentioned all the stuff, and I, you know, uh, Rich Bonobo. You remember Rich Bonobo? Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think when I know his name, but I don't yeah. know that we were. You know, and it's funny. Like if you came in as a page just as someone was leaving, you sort of knew them, but yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, and and right because the it was it was um very staggered, so we didn't. People just were always either coming in or, yeah. you know. Um, right, right. Do you remember who you started with? Yeah, I do. And it's, it's you know, Mr. Brian Grossman. Uh, oh, oh Brian Grossman. I Brian. still, I mean, I feel like I could pick up the phone and talk to him and we would have a million things to talk about. I didn't right. know you started together. Yeah. So, and I've, I like, oh, and well, Steve Corin. Oh, uh, yeah. Part of that group. So, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. So Brian, uh, again, like, like. I'm afraid if I have him on, we'll talk for like nine hours, yeah. you know, do it. <laughs> Just, you know, but he's yeah. again, you know, the, the, we have a lot of folks that have, um, that are, that are sending in their requests to be on. So, so I'm sort of processing this fast, but I definitely want, you know, Chris, uh, Sulger, I want, you know, Brian Grossman, oh, I want yeah. to have on definitely. obviously Kathy and Mary Frisbee. Oh um, yeah. So great. All of these folks. It just, and it's funny. Cause again, I remember, it just seems like it was yesterday. And again, it's so cool because your daughter, and I'm assuming this is going to be the case, literally 30 years from now, she's going to mention people that she were was a page with. Yeah. And and they don't realize it. They're like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, but it's like, no, these are the people that you're literally going to remember for the rest of your life. I mean, I hope so. I hope she makes the connections we made because yeah. we made incredible connections. Yeah. And especially hanging out in the um, in the page lounge. Yeah. That was a, um, you know, I said if the if the page walls could talk, oh yeah, <laughs> um, many things happened in that page lounge. So <laughs> and it was funny. Do they are they allowed to? Are they? Is there is there a locker room with showers? I mean, they do change there because I think she leaves her uniform there. Yeah. But I'm not aware of showers. Okay. I wish I had, but I do remember the showers that we had. Yeah, Those like were- we. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It was weird. Um, like if you had to, if you had to, if be you had to, right. or, yeah, there were a few nights like many nights like that. I'm not sure that there. I'll ask her. I'm sorry, I don't know the answer to that. No, no, no. It's fine. But it, it is funny because again, many people would sleep. You know, I mean, I slept. My record, I think, was from a Friday night through Monday. Oh my God. No joke. And <laughs> this was actually when I was when I was a producer or an, or an assistant, whatever you know, a production assistant when I went for WNBC Creative Okay. Services. But 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 oftentimes, you know, you'd work SNL yes, and stay over, uh, you know, you'd sleep. People would be sleeping on the floor. Yeah. So you'd wake up like you'd go to the after party for SNL and then you'd go back to the lounge. And it was like it was like bodies all over the floor, over the couches. And <laughs> I mean, you literally would be stepping over people to get yeah. to the lounge. Yeah. And nobody thought it was like it was no, great. Yeah. Nobody. thought. And again, I. Which and again, I, I guess now everything is so buttoned up and yes. everyone is so careful with things. I I guess yeah. none of this would fly. No, I mean I don't think there's any place that they have like that. <laughs> um, but it, it amazes me in a way that we were allowed to do it. Yeah. I but... guess at some point they 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 nobody ever I guess just back then and you know, uh just like when we were kids, you know, you could go on your bike and right, come, you could out, do come anything. home at night it's and just drink like from that, the hose. Yeah. You know, we could do anything we wanted. It was so great. It was amazing. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I can't thank you enough. It's so 
fascinating to hear all your stories and it really is great. I know people are going to love to hear you. Um, You're always always so friendly and you're always so nice and you're such a good person. So really, (laughs) really fantastic. So I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Um, This was a great pleasure. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, listen, thank you for being a... um, a uh, a page in history. We we're 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 all grateful for it, and all the people that you've touched um, are grateful for it as well. So uh, thank, thank you. you so I'm so much. happy to be here. Thank you. Okay, great, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo, Elizabeth Crossan Laban. Thanks for listening to a page in history. A page in history is produced by David Harris Katz Entertainment. For more information on our television shows, syndication, and more, go to dhcats.com. And to listen to more episodes of A Page in History, or if you've been lucky enough to call yourself one of the world-famous NBC pages and would like to appear on the show, go to apageinhistory.tv.